Yes, we are the Deep Geeks. I'm Mark. I'm Avery. Hello. And this is the show where two friends go delve into the depths of the Deek catalogue. <laughs> kind of a lot of build up for just one word, huh? I need another word beginning with D. D- 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 <laughs> See, it just... Uh... If anybody knows a word beginning with D that can be used in place of catalogue, please tweet at us. But anyway, uh, in continuation of our entirely accidental uh, superhero month to mark the release of Avengers Infinity War, uh, we have, well, I I guess we actually have another Disney-owned superhero property. Oops. Uh, Which, I guess that means we've got both of them. Hooray. This one's a bit more interesting than the last one. Thank goodness. Uh, This one is called Defenders of Dinatron City. It's a 30-minute pilot uh, that wasn't picked up advertising a LucasArts um, action game for the NES. The game wasn't very good. No, I mean, it it kind of says a lot about a game when the first thing it hits you with upon starting it is this bizarrely sharp, discordant, janky mess of a music piece. The moment you start it up, you're violently attacked with it. And then you are treated to these bizarre, awkward sprites of the characters, which don't really look very on model, even though it's like the, the, the first appearance of the characters. Well, it's like with the original Pokemon. If you look back at the Japanese Pokemon carts, they have really off-model, really bad-looking versions of the official art for mm. each uh, for each monster. Uh, here, it's pr- pretty much the same. Um, the d- game itself was designed wholly by Gary Winnick, who was uh, Ron Gilbert's... Um, partner in the development of Maniac Mansion and most recently his partner in the development of Thimbleweed Park. What this means essentially is that it is an action game designed by someone whose experience is mostly in point-and-click adventures. Because uh, where what Ron Gilbert obviously moved on from Maniac Mansion to make was uh, The Secret of Monkey Island. Which, of course, is an absolute all-time fucking classic. Yeah, absolute modern classic. Um, this one less so. There's just so many issues with it, and I, I suspect it's probably Hitbox down... Hitbox detection. Yeah. Characters moving too fast with no acceleration. Working on a kind of pseudo-3D plane, but being unable to detect hits from quite nearby on the... Y axis or whichever axis. I don't know which axis. What are axes? A map that's as confusing as the fucking Ghostbusters map. It it does have a big portion of Ghostbusters in it, doesn't it? Yep. So basically, the marketing version of the art and the character designs was all done by Steve Purcell, uh, which includes the character designs for both the Marvel comics and this. This one off pilot that wasn't picked up. And it's pretty good. Yeah, somehow, despite everything, the cartoon and the comics turned out pretty well. Probably because Steve Purcell worked on it. And yes. he kind of worked his magic on it a bit more. I looked into the comics, and 
this this episode, this uh, pilot, is definitely directly lifted from the second issue. Right. It's, um... There's a lot of Steve Purcell's humour going on in this. For sure, for sure. Um, I mean, some of it's... There's, there's a lot of jokes that would just straight up would be in Sam and Max otherwise. Yeah. So anyway, Defenders of Dinatron City is about a unconventional, let us say, super team uh, created in a nuclear-powered city uh, by accidental mad science. Uh, this this show doesn't have a theme tune, and instead the episode starts with kind of a PSA newsreel type uh, situation about the um, the way Dinatron City works, where we see that it is a nuclear city uh, where people are basically mutated at every turn, and they're really okay with this. They they just take yeah, it's a bit of a it's, it's a more optimistic look on the entire ordeal, isn't it? Yeah, a, a guy aimed, a guy gains uh, an extra set of arms in the uh, intro and immediately just says, "Ah, the extra <laughs> the extra hand I needed." And then it just cuts to his wife and kid, who the wife has now a just got an eyeball for a head, and the kid now has two heads. So you know, it's just. Which is an annoyance to the villain who apparently created this uh, mutation cola stuff that... uh, Proto-cola. Proto-cola to kind of create chaos and people just are enjoying these weird mutations. Yeah. I I do like the rather optimistic kind of like, "Eh, just take it in my stride, it's cool. It's kind of a fun twist on... What is essentially, I would say, it's the, sort of the same setting as pre-bomb um, Fallout. Mm. Uh, I mean, the kid itself looks a lot like um, Vault Boy, is it? Yeah, yeah. It's just got the. It it draws from the same nineteen fifties American sci-fi stroke. Their fears of nuclear war, except turned on sixties. I mean, there's the Fallout yeah. is a bit sixties, especially in four. I'm, f- I'm, f- I'm pretty sure four is just straight up sixties, um, isn't it? No, no, wait, no it's not. No. It's definitely fifties, isn't it? I'm getting no, my time all, periods mixed up. It's I'm very sorry. much fifties. It's very much fifties. It's definitely before free love. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's, it's the, definitely fifties. Well, it's the kind of stuffy post-war suburban mm. uh, setting. The the wife and kids, the nuclear family. Oh my god, that's where it comes from. Nuclear family. <sighs> the more you know. So basically, we're showing this supervillain, Dr. Mayhem, uh, voiced by the great Charlie Adler. Yeah, can, can I put on a... Uh, his voice sounds very, very similar to his uh, cow from Cow and Chicken voice, albeit with the slight evil tinge to it all, which... Very interesting. It was quite a fun moment for me. I'm just like, that's fucking cow from Cow and Chicken. What are you doing? And then I found out that Charlie Adler, along with like two other voice actors, voiced like 90% of the fucking cast in that cartoon. Yeah, yeah. show is fascinating for that reason. I mean, Charlie Adler's one of... Charlie Adler is one... A beloved jobber, let's face it. Charlie mm. Adler will do anything and does it to a high standard. Hmm. Um, so this 
evil scientist is complaining about how uh, he was trying to take over the city and failed. Uh, he is complaining to Monkey Boy. Kid. Monkey Kid? Monkey Kid. Monkey Kid. Uh, who is not in, not a kid who has been mutated into looking like a monkey, but a monkey who has been mutated into looking like a kid. Somehow. Somehow. The look, mutation doesn't make any sense in this show. To be fair, it's mutation, so it doesn't really have to make sense. It's kind of it's 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 this very fun excuse where you can just kind of do whatever the fuck you want with yeah, it. Yeah, but normally with mutation you have to kind of... You also have to remember that it's a cartoon that Steve fucking Purcell of all people have been working on. It's not going to make complete sense. Let's just... I mean, skipping ahead a little, one of the characters is a mutated toolbox. Yeah. Just a just a toolbox. Yeah. The toolbox was chained down. Yeah. Why was the toolbox chained down? I don't know. <laughs> So that they couldn't get to, they, their, their hands weren't tied to the hand of the back So they just coughed But they could get to the toolbox But the toolbox were chained Why was the toolbox even in the uh, the hostage chamber? Touché <laughs> Regardless uh, We meet our heroes before they're superheroes And they are just a bunch of people hanging out at the gate of the proto-cola factory that is the villain's lair. You have Miss Megawatt, who is uh, part of the electric company, who has come to the lair because they've noticed an unusual amount of electricity usage. Um, so she's visiting to check that out. And we have uh, someone who was delivering shipments of proto-cola about the place, wanted money for his work, and then got shut down from that. And I assume... He will is, be known as Jet Headstrong. Yeah. Pretty soon. The dude who is, and then, and then there's just this random woman with him. I'm not sure why she's even there, but she has the toolbox, which inexplicably has a fucking buzzsaw in it. And then there's the dog. I don't yeah. know how the dog even came into the equation. Uh, they just have a dog. Oh, okay. He's a good boy. It's puppy. So the villain refuses to pay for the for the work. So this bunch of people just decide to break in. As you do. Uh, find Monkey Kid, try to rescue Monkey Kid, and get captured. I mean, they free Monkey Kid. Yeah. So, I mean, that's technically a rescue. It turns out the villain is making these massive, this massive robot army. So basically, they all get tied up in a big vat, uh, and the villain goes off to try and conquer the city with a giant army of robots. Uh, Monkey Kid basically escapes looking for bananas because the manacles they were using were the size for humans and not Monkey Kids. He accidentally activates a pump, uh, filling the vat with Proto-Cola, at which point... Which looks curiously like Alka-Seltzer. I'm not sure. Yeah. Pepto-Bismol, that's the word. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a... Not Alka-Seltzer. It's the same thing, but I mean, yeah, it's this weird kind of pinkish mixture. I'm not sure I would really drink it, to be honest. No. Would you drink liquefied euthymol? Would you drink something that immediately mutates you with a random mutation? Um, well, I mean, this heavily depends on the person you're talking to, to be honest, of course. I was asking you personally. Well, maybe. That sounds like it could be fun. Fair enough. Um, I mean... I don't know, you just fucking mix up your life a bit. I mean, these people turn into superheroes, but... Out of pure chance. I think that's mainly because they're in a fucking vat of this stuff. Yeah. As opposed to just drinking a can. 
Well, that's true, but I mean, drinking a can can get you an extra pair of arms or an extra head. Yeah. It's, uh, would you really want an extra head? Yeah, it could be fun. I'd worry about the argument. Just fucking, you know, it mixes up your life. It'd be interesting. I mean, it'd make podcasting easier. <laughs> yeah, well, even you just, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it would, wouldn't it? So at this point, they get immersed with the protocoller, and Monkey Kid, for some reason, decides to also zap that protocoller with electricity to give it kind of a spark to uh, accelerate the mutation. And at this point, we're going to have to start describing these characters because they are now some of the weirdest superhero designs I think I've ever come across. Yeah, yeah, they're very strange in designs. Oh, God, right, so... Monkey Kid, when he gets mildly mutated into superhero form, basically just gets some new clothes. Yeah. And that's about it. To oh, which he, another, he remarks, what is this Halloween? This is <sighs> another thing. They come out with not only uh, not only superpowers, but also matching clothes for, those, for their new shape. And for some reason, also a code name. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they just kind of invent it on the spot. Yeah, just straight up. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with that, to be honest. That's that's cool. Yeah. So yeah, Monkey Kid uh, is a interestingly dressed monkey who has banana bombs. Mm. Uh, then we have Jet Headstrong. Jet Headstrong, who is a big muscle man. Um, kind of picture... Um, maybe like the Flash... Kind of a, a, big, a big boy version of the Flash, or maybe perhaps the Crimson Chin without the chin, uh, from Fairly Odd Parents, and then make it so that he can freely remove his head from his body, like yeah. decap attack, and just send it off places. Yeah, not just meal, not just freely remove it. It blasts off with jet-powered rockets on either side. Yeah, and flies around. Um, it's quite a literal name if you think about yeah, it. Yeah, it's, jet it's head really, strong. really literal. He's got a jet head and he's strong. I mean, they are very literal names. So um, um, to that point, Buzzsaw Girl, Buzzsaw <laughs> Girl, who is just a woman whose legs has been replaced with a thing that holds a buzzsaw with which she somehow moves. Yeah, she's just a one-wheeled kind of unicycle-bottomed. Uh, thing with a buzzsaw on it so she just swishes around very very dangerous <laughs> extremely dangerous i mean how do you move, use that to move without cutting into things i don't know but somehow she doesn't i it's weird um oh god who are we missing uh the electricity oh one? yeah the losses were missing megawatt miss megawatt who has got the most sensible name out of every one of them um, and yet, for some reason, her design makes her look a lot like a Lombax from the Ratchet and Clank series. Yeah, which is weird, because it isn't... She doesn't look like that in the comics or the game. No, uh, she does look like it in the game. Just a little. It's just the way they've shortened the... Because in the game, the elect, there are kind of these electric spike designs go stretching out of her head. Mm. And in the game, that's about three times the width of a head total. Uh, whereas in the comics, 
they're quite close to and they look like lumbax ears. Yeah. And then there is a kind of orange-yellow pattern that looks like a lumbax uh, ratchet pattern. Mm. It's um, slightly concerning. <laughs> it does look like lumbax roleplay. And uh, Miss Megawatt is interestingly voiced by Whoopi Goldberg, except Pitch Up. Yeah! I'm not sure why they pitched up her voice. I have no idea. Because it makes her sound like not Whoopi Goldberg. Why would you even hire Whoopi Goldberg on that basis? Yeah, actually, yeah, that's a good point. It sounds nothing like Whoopi Goldberg in the first place, so what's it, why is she even there? Did you just not have any other uh, African-American voice actresses? It's, it's really bizarre. Female voice actors? It's... Um, it's... Huh. And then you've got Radium Dog. Just a dog. Well, that can float. Not, not true. An atom floats above its head. It can fly about, and it has super power. It's a dog. Yeah, it can shoot things with <laughs> it's, a, it's a atom above its head. Yeah, it's a and dog. And it's green. Yeah, it's a green dog. And a cape, was it? Yeah. Well, of course it's got a cape. It's a fucking superpower dog. Well, all go- yeah, all that's good. True. All good superhero dogs have a cape. Not true. Case in point, Crypto the super dog. Yeah, but no. Crypto the Superdog had its own cartoon. I mean, Crypto the Superdog had a cape, but I mean... I didn't realise Crypto the Superdog was a Superman thing. Did you not? <laughs> no. I only saw the cartoon that was based on it, and that never made any reference or name drop to Superman. It was just... They probably didn't a, have the right. No. It was most likely... It was, it was just... It's a dog. He has superpowers. He's hiding it from his owners. He has friends who are also superheroes, kind of. <laughs> Yeah, Crypto the Superdog is a Kryptonian dog. It's a very strange concept, I will be honest. Oh, that was DC back in the 60s and 70s. And then they made a cartoon in the early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah, because of course, why wouldn't you? I mean, at least... It's It's unrelated. At least it's not the cow that Damien Wayne adopted that is now called Bat Cow. Ah, DC. Um, You're so adorably shit sometimes. But, uh, to case in point, Lockjaw doesn't have a cape. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. And Lockjaw is definitely one of the best superhero dogs. Yeah. Because he is just a big puppy. (laughs) A big teleporting giant puppy. Really big puppy. Um, And then, as I mentioned before, a toolbox mutates into a robot? Yeah, into this bizarre... I don't know what he is. I'm assuming he must be a robot. He's a robot. That's yeah. why they give his voice too much reverb. Yeah, the kind of metallic voice. I. How does. I just. No, that's not how that works. No. <laughs> but that's what we've got. I... Oh. <laughs> We've got a toolbox oh. that mutates into a uh, oh. into a robot uh, that has kind of, I'd say, Inspector Gadget powers, but without the stretching. Sort of, yeah. So he just has various. He doesn't. He also doesn't have to say "Go Go Gadget." Well, that's true, but I don't. To be honest, I don't think "Go Gadget" has to say "Go Go Gadget." I think he just always does. <laughs> yeah, that, that would. I fit. think a more yeah. competent gadget wouldn't shout his moves before making them. <laughs> Yeah, that's very true. Uh, so that's yeah, that's all of the superheroes. Um, they uh, swoop in to destroy the robot army, saving Dinotron City. Uh, at which point, you would expect the 
episode to end, but it actually continues. Yeah, because we've only been going for about 15 minutes at yeah. this point. But, I mean, a lot of cartoons could make that seven-minute sequence yeah. into a uh, into a full 24-minute or whatever it is, 22 minutes uh, with our... Uh, thank fuck they didn't. So they all go and storm the protocol factory, uh, only to find that Dr. Mayhem has another device, and this one can mutate just random objects from a distance to uh, attack them. And they lose pretty quickly. So Monkey Kid basically tells them that the reason they all lost is because they didn't go in with a plan. And they just have no teamwork. So they basically have to become a super team and use their powers together. Which is actually pretty fucking impressive because they find ways to combine those powers. And a lot of them actually kind of focus on using Jet Headstrong. Jet Headstrong. He's a bit of an anchor in the group, to be honest. And um, I, I, kind I, of. I, Megawatt Girl didn't have enough to do. Uh, no, because you can't really do much with... Megawatt Girl? No, Miss Megawatt. Miss Megawatt. So, basically, they all team up to... Uh, to defeat the protocolor factory that has now been turned into a massive... Basically, gigantic robot walker by this uh, device, uh, which they do by attacking the legs, uh, Star Wars style, which they actually literally name check Star Wars because this is LucasArts property, so they can do that. And then they defeat the basically big head thing that mutates objects, which crashes into Dr. Mayhem's ship, uh, thus causing the entire thing to collapse. And... There we go. Episode over. They are now a team. And Monkey Kid is the leader. Anything else to comment about this one? No. I mean, it's a good cartoon. It's, yeah, it's pretty decent. It's the, the, the jokes are mainly where it's at. And uh, they're not really things we can say within the realm of plot explanations. Yeah. Um, most of the gags are one-liners rather than visual things like in Battletoads, unfortunately. Um couple of risque one-liners yeah mostly to do with jet headstrong's power well yeah um one that i think may have been a slightly veiled dig at the government mm. which is a very steeper salted thing to do yeah uh, at the end the uh uh monkey kid says that he can't possibly be in charge he he has no idea what he's doing to which jet headstrong says that uh, that stays with the t- tradition of leadership <laughs> yeah and um yeah i think this is this is a pretty good one um the animation's quite impressive yeah i I remember when it was finishing we, i i think i said why wasn't this an actual full-on series because yeah i would probably happily watch more than one episode of this yeah it it's very entertaining i mean i'm wondering well, no. There's I mean, no I need suppose to we could just watch the Sam and Max cartoon. That That's was true. a thing. The Sam and Max cartoon was a thing, and that was also cancelled far too soon. Yeah. Uh, I guess. I think, judging by the quality of animation, LucasArts must have put a quite a bit of money into this thing. Oh yeah, definitely. Which is a bit unfortunate because the game was. Yeah, as the, 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 the game flopped. Not yeah. great. <laughs> um, but this could have definitely gone on. Mm. It's got a lot of the anarchic feel of Freakazoid, which wouldn't be around for another three years, 
Although, if I remember correctly, Freakazoid was cancelled because kids weren't watching it and instead students were. Can't advertise toys to students. Well, you can advertise toys to students. They just hadn't realised it yet. And the only thing I know about Freakazoid is the old Candlejack meme. Yeah. I mean, that's a good joke on that one episode, but <laughs> the internet rather drove that one to... Uh... Yeah. Yeah, that one kind of uh, went off a bit. Um, I mean, we'd we'd talk about this a bit more enthusiastically. I mean, considering we say we like it, but at the same time, we're both really fucking knackered, <laughs> so uh, it's a bit hard to be that way. It's also partially why I've not kind of said anything. A bit sleepy. Um, <laughs> And also, also, we may have watched really a have... huge amount of Agretsuko yeah, that very might, recently. Yeah, that might happen. I might be a bit more enthusiastic to talk about that, yeah. maybe. The anime where I didn't expect to, to end up with crushes on 90% of the cast. But, I mean, hey, where are we ranking this fucking thing? This one's going to have to be pretty high. I mean, yeah. Maybe top 10. Top 10. Could be pretty close. I mean, how does it compare to Battletoads? It's pretty, better than Battletoads Pilot. Good. Yeah. That's... I mean, there's a lot more... The, 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 the satire that's going on in it is definitely a lot more... The writing's better, the animation's yeah. better, the music is better. How about Care Bears? Hmm. I think I would rather watch this than Care Bears. Yeah, I would, I would happily watch a full series of this uh, as opposed to Care Bears. Um, then we've got Sherlock Holmes, Ulysses and Gadget. It's somewhere around there, isn't it? Because mm, I'm not sure it kind of breaks into the top five. It's certainly not on the same tier as the as Where's Wally, Pro Stars, Archie's Weird Mysteries and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's fairly decently up there. So it's kind of like, hmm. Would we rather watch more episodes of Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd century or more episodes of this? To be honest, I think Sherlock Holmes. Yeah? Yeah. I think for uh, all the issues with Sherlock Holmes, that one had a bit more um, structure to it. There's a bit more you can do with it. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, as as we've seen with other things, kind of satire on superheroes can only be taken so far. I mean, you could very much treat this very, in a very um, Sonic the Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog fashion, but um, that's great. But with superheroes, it's nice to have a bit of a world built around it. And Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd century has that world building, even though it's not a superhero story. Yeah, yeah. One of one of the many problems with Super Duper Sumos is that we're presented with the city as just being just, you know, a city who gives a shit. We're not given a reason why we should care that the city is uh, about to be destroyed at any moment. Whereas this, we are introduced to the city as a wondrous thing right at the start. It's up at the start, it's given that focus, which is nice. You know that if this city is destroyed, then a fascinating and unique place is destroyed. It helps. I I think I would rather watch a full like series set a series episodes of Ulysses 31 as opposed to this Ulysses 31 does have a kind of interesting sense of wonder about it it does and it is gorgeous I'm not really sure if it beats Sherlock Holmes or not like it's 
as highly as we rated Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd century, I can't really remember much about it past the theme tune. The theme tune is the most easily <laughs> memorable part about it because it is the most ridiculous shit. Ah, oh, no, you mean you don't remember the, the cyberpunk city setting and the cops with uh, robot partners element of it? So the, the The kind of murder mysteries in uh, weird futuristic um, science and that sort of thing? Very little of it sticks with me. Fair enough, fair enough. Um... Where would you put this? I don't know. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Why do you think I'm talking it over? What's directly below uh, Sherlock Holmes? Care Bears, as we've said. Okay. What's directly above Sherlock Holmes? Ulysses 81, which I've said. I think directly below. I've been talking this through with you this entire time, matey. Sorry, I I didn't uh, get the full context. I'm lobbying 100% for directly below Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd century. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that one. So that's in at number nine, Defenders of Dinatron City. And just so we don't miss it, um, how would you go about making a 2018 reboot of this one? Because I think there's potential for this. Yeah, there's def. I think, like, as I say, I think a full series of this would definitely work. I mean, it's Disney-owned. Does Disney need its own equivalent of the, um, the Amazon The Tick series? The kind of... Disney originals kind of <laughs> they're gonna start actually the, they're working on their own streaming platform Disney Channel original movie of it would work quite well there's a straight <laughs> of like hour and a half long special oh god <laughs> yeah that okay. would probably work a bit better than just a full on series well then again a, a spin off series would stem from that so yeah okay um, I mean would this be better live action or animation Ooh, now that is the question. That's the definite killer question. I'm going to say animation, because otherwise you can't have as many fun things with the uh, with the characters. Yeah. Um, as for comeback, I mean, honestly, my first pick would be a Netflix original, but it's Disney-owned, so that's not going to happen. No, no. But, I mean, like, honestly... Well, I, I mean, Disney yeah. will have their own streaming service... I mean, they already have a couple. But Disney I mean, Go or whatever? Yeah, they're whatever unified streaming service they're trying to uh, get together with focus on Marvel and Star Wars. Mm. Um, whenever they Disney get that Life. together. That was it. Disney Life, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, is that the one with mostly DCOMs? I'm not sure. I have no idea. Uh, Disney really need to get their act together in unifying their... Uh, <laughs> it's like a fucking Google content. messaging service over here. Da, 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 da. Okay. Um. But anyway, yeah. I. I. Yeah. A new animation series would work pretty well, I think. Two D or three D. Two D. Two D. Fuck off with your three D shit. Fair enough. Three D animation enough. series don't work well. Also, they already have a three D animation comedy movie in the works, and that's called The Incredibles Two. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Could be fun. Yeah. You wouldn't even have to change anything because everything about this is already works. Yeah, pretty much. It's all relevant nonsense. It's so timeless in its um, mockery of 50s sci-fi tropes and uh, the... I guess the the only thing you would maybe change in its approach was to make Jet Headstrong grittier. No. No, I like him the kind of silly... Yeah. Lad he is, and it fits him with his whole style. 
Maybe toolbox grittier. I oh god. I fuck off with grittier. Give me more comedy kind of Batman 60s style. Yeah. I love that. And that would work so well for this. Lighthearted superheroes is a good trope. It's not done enough now. I mean, there's a reason why people like Squirrel Girl. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, this has been a regular episode of Deaky. He's a bit more sleepy than usual. Sorry about that. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Most Kobolds. You can have a bit of a chat to us if you want. Uh, depends on if we're looking at it or not. We don't know. Probably not, though. It's Twitter sucks. Uh, you can take a look at our website, mostofkobolds.com, where you can see mainly other Deek Geeks episodes. Sometimes we'll be posting non-Deek Geeks episodes. Oh, you can also check out our other podcasts too, but... And, uh, yeah. That's about it, really. Uh, you could tell your friends about us and give us a little rating on iTunes, maybe. Possibly, if you want to. Oh, fucking... So, next week, we're gonna have a little bit of a trip down to the Fairy Tales Theatre. Fuck me, this episode was a mess.